What is up, everybody? Welcome back to School of Fish and Art Stream with me, your ever-loving Uncle Fish. And we come in every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, 10 Central here in the central part of the country. Look at that. Little Katie Rooston from Scotland popping in already. I'm glad you made it back in time. Or even if you just run an errands, thank you for popping in and saying hello this morning. It's good to hear from you again. Um, sometimes we use the amazing Tower of Grayskull back there in the background to roll up random characters. Right now, I am working on a really fun book for Unlikely Heroes Studios' new re-release of Cthulhu is Hard to Spell, an all-ages anthology set featuring all new stories like Gary Feldman, assistant district manager of the multiverse, which I'm working on right now. And you can go to uhsstudios.com backslash back it because I figured out how to work the ticker. Look at me go. I'm not as ancient as I thought I were. Uh, let's see. Oh, Sarah's popping in saying that's the sweetest shirt. Oh, yeah. You know, got to be representing the UHS when we're working on it. And especially Lori popping them guns. Not just happened to be the top thing on the top of the uh, clean clothes this morning, but also I want to represent, you know, good morning, V. Glad to see you. Glad you're here. Uh, I'm going to turn on the fishtastic wonder screen so we can take a peek at what's going on. Now, your Uncle Fishy has been having an absolute ball with this story, and I have done some of my favorite work of all time in this. Now, not only all the awesome things that are on the bookshelves and stuff that nobody's ever going to see all of it because it's all going to get covered up by lettering and not even the, like, if you really zoom in, we got a box of, when we got our disguises and our hats and our fake mustaches, we have a box of fake noses and then we have a jar of real noses. God, I love that. We have a nearly empty jar of red balloons and a full jar of green balloons. Why? I don't, we got to figure that out. We got to find out. We got to keep coming back for more. Um, but all of this is in Gary's office. Thank you so much. I, I love the freaking details and obsessing over getting them all right and accurate. Um, I love Gary. I love his pudgy little body. I love his suit. I love his glasses. I love everything about him. I love this hair doesn't stay in place. I love that nobody can remember his name, but his assistant. I absolutely adore. And the more I go on, the more she actually reminds me of my sister. So more things that remind me of my sister get piled into the backgrounds and they work at the department of multiversal affairs, which, you know, of course runs on paperwork. So the whole place is this sea of shelves and you'll see a lot of repetitive characters over and over again in the backgrounds, like these fly guys and robots and this four-armed toad that's pushing a cart around. But I love the details in those shots that you're never going to see. Like, she's from page two. He's from page two. Uh, these aliens right here actually come from a book that I never published. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't now because it was so... Uh, I just turned 21. I wanted to show how adult I was. So I made this Ashcan comic and I packed it full of just every profanity I could think of, the most graphic, gory violence I could think of, the filthiest sex and nudity. And the opening scene 
takes place in an adult bookshop. Like I wanted to show how grown up I was. Then I spent a little time and grew up and realized that's not actually how grown ups act. So I'm kind of glad that it's not out there with my name on it, but these guys are from that. And I love those aliens. They're more earthworm than octopus. Like they look, but um, I love this giant back here, way in the background. He needs lunch and some dudes peeking over the edge of his lunchbox. I love the ants having a picnic because, you know, I'm all about the detail and they just so happens to be a starfish in a soup next to some sponges walking around. Um, but my favorite part that made me cry is no bigger than a raindrop on the finished page. But by God, I figured my boy Virgil deserved a happy ending somewhere. And if we're in the Department of Multiversal Affairs that runs on paperworks and old books, where would he be happier than just sitting down with a pile of books to read, piles of books that he's read, joyfully, happily spending his day reading and not being a big, scary monster? the happy ending that he's probably never going to get in green zone and probably nobody's ever going to see it because when you zoom out to the whole page, he's a speck, but my God, I love that. I, I, I was crying as I drew that. Exactly. Uh, sometimes you don't realize how problematic stuff you wrote as a young person is until you look back on it when you've matured more. Oh God. I'm so glad that book is not out there. And I had all these like super edgy ideas for how I was going to market it. And I was going to send copies to every televangelist I could find and hopefully get them to write me back some scathing thing I could put on the back of it. Hopefully get them to like go on TV and say how terrible it was, but I couldn't get anybody to carry it. Go figure. Cause it was freaking disgusting. And now I'm glad it's not there on my name with it. And I thought I was always going to be that guy. I didn't realize I was going to grow up and become an ordained pastor myself someday. So you live and you learn and you change and you grow and you keep learning and you keep changing and you keep growing. But yeah, I love all the little stuff in the backgrounds of here. Some of this stuff is stuff I had as a kid stuff. I wish I had some of it. Like the more she reminded me of my sister, the more I ended up putting knitting and crocheting stuff up like really high where only she could get to it. And, uh, anyway, so that is one of the pages that I've already done. And here's the multiversal elevators that take you from place to place. And he's got to run to make it in time and everybody gets his name wrong. So, you know, he's not the name that's supposed to be on the paperwork. Da, da, da. And now we get to the next page where he gets dropped off in this nether realm between dimensions where all of the imaginary things live and all of the ideas and the stories and stuff that haunt our creative minds live in this world. And he's being dropped off there to handle some paperwork. And I'm excited about this story. You do not know how excited I am about this story. I have been laughing and giggling and I'm so excited. And I just can't wait to show my wife when she gets home and she 
just could not care less because she doesn't read comics. She doesn't give a flip about them, but she tries to listen and tries to understand why I'm excited about it. And I appreciate that. I don't understand why she gets so passionate about her stories about selling eyeglasses, but she loves it. And it brings me joy to listen to her love it. So, you know, it's a mutual admiration festival here. Love the flying fish. Thank you, Katie. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that guy. I really love the way he came out. I'm probably going to have to stick him in the back and you guys need to get out right now and you need to go to www.uhsstudios.com backslash back it. And you need to go back this book because I have already come up with the ending of Gary's story, which is going to need about 10 issues or so to be able to tell through these short stories. So you need to get out there and back this so I can keep making these short stories so I can keep putting them in these books so that we can get to the end. Cause Oh my God, it's going to make you cry in the best way. And I love it. Oh my God. I love it so much. Um, all right. I need to quit being excited about my book and start working on my book. Cause you know, we ain't going to get nowhere. If I don't get started, I could sit here and talk all day. I know you don't think you fishy could do that, but I can do it. Let's see. Let's add some music on. It didn't add. Oh, there it goes. It just took a second. We're going to turn you down a little bit of music. And now we're going to get in here and we're going to start working. I have an official old school Marvel style Uncle Fishy no prize for the person that the first person that can comment recognize where this creature I'm drawing is from that's going to really separate the that's going to really show age there that's going to separate the the adults from the pups here. I bet you Fee don't know what this is from. No offense to Fee. Fee's a wonderful, amazing, bright, shining light of a person that brings me joy to work with. But she's also a youngin', which is wonderful. Because I love her insight and her interpretation of things from her perspective. And I value that. But I bet you money she doesn't know where this came from. I'm just guessing she may know it could be her favorite show of all time. Her favorite. Well, it could be show. It was on TV for a while. In one form. Whoops, missing a little bit there. There we go.
No takers on what this critter is from. Nobody guesses by the end of the show, I'll tell you, but gotta say I'm surprised. Of course, I don't know. I'm a really bad judge of age, too. As far as I know, I always think everybody's roughly within 10 years of, of me. I don't know why I think that way. I just always assume we're all about the same. Ah! Ah, see? Katie knows. Katie knows where it goes. That's the word on the street. Oh, look, Sarah looked it up online. <laughs> I just play it, Sarah. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're the sandworms from Beetlejuice. I figured with this sandy uh, sandy terrain, what else could you put there but the sandworms from Beetlejuice? Or I guess you could have done Dune, but I didn't love Dune as much as I loved Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice just really hit at that right time. You know, that made a huge impact. Sarah says it made a lamp once with those tentacles. Wish I kept it. Ooh, I bet that was cool. I really want to stick some other critters in here, but I don't want to, I don't want to oversaturate it with crap, but I really kind of want to show that it's this endless landscape of dreams and nightmares and whatnot, but. But I don't want to put too much in there. Make it too cluttered and distracting. And it's almost more scary kind of being barren. To a point. Like where is everything that we're supposed to be so afraid of? I saw one online and I had one of those. I can make that moment. So I did. ADHD, am I right? Oh, baby. Let me tell you. Which has been a benefit to me in my career because there ain't much that I don't just look at and say, well, hell, I can figure that out. Sometimes my wife hates that because like, she just wants to buy the thing. And I'm like, well, hell, I can make it cheaper. Not anymore. Can't make it cheaper anymore. Wood's gone up so much. That is That is no longer a true statement it is a bold-faced lie now cannot make it cheaper but if it's like smaller than a cabinet like i don't even buy a whole i don't buy nearly as many uh like printed t-shirts and stuff as i want to as i want to have because I'm like, wow, oh, I could make it myself. And I never do. ADHD is why I ended up with six spinning wheels. Oh, let me tell you, I've got carts and crates and all kinds of special. I got 
specialized foam cutters and vacuum formers that I built myself, didn't buy, built out in the workshop. I've got crates of tools and crap, all for crafting terrain for my superhero role-playing game that I learned from like the guys that make cool terrain for their D&D games. Made it in a real hyper-focused binge of about three months. Only thing I've made since is the Tower of Grayskull. That was a couple years ago. Jeffrey hates how I keep junk and clutter stuff up, but he doesn't. <laughs> Your junk is getting in the way of my junk. I could find my junk if this place wasn't a shithole because it's covered up with your junk. Oh, my God. My wife just, just, just got diagnosed. My wife just got diagnosed with ADHD. I could have told you that from the day we met that she had ADHD, but she just got diagnosed. And her whole world is, is very quickly changing as she realizes all these things that she's been dealing with her whole life and beating herself up over. And they're just normal things that the rest of us with ADHD have to deal with too. I could spot it right away, but I didn't want to be like, oh, you know, you got ADHD, right? I have loads of model terrain stuff in a, sh from, in a shed from about a decade ago. I keep my junk. It's in totes. Totes and dorbs, she says about her junk. Sarah says her junk is totes and dorbs. <laughs> That's a quote right there, baby. So way back in the distance, way smaller than anybody's ever going to be able to see. Little old Gary's popping out of this elevator door looking around. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, wait a second. Wait a second. Because your Uncle Fishy... Has got the OC to the D's. All right, I need to make sure he does have his hand on his bag in the next frame because I can't have his hand change drastically from one scene to the next. It's got to be the same rough positioning, even though nobody is ever, ever, ever going to see this they might see a rough shape. They're not going to realize what hand he was holding on his satchel or that the satchel had the end pocket on it that I just drew. But, you know. There we go. Now he him's just peeking out a little bit. I have half finished model castle in a shed that I lost interest in halfway through because my brain went squirrel and got distracted by something else. Oh yeah. Once you know your ADHD, it's super easy to spot others. Oh, absolutely. Like the once I realized I had Tourette's and I got diagnosed and I started studying it, I started spotting ticks in everybody. But lots of people have ticks without necessarily having Tourette's. Like people with ADHD can have ticks. You can get ticks from your ADHD meds. Um, 
people with autism have stems that are, you know, very tick-like. And so I had to be careful because at first I was like, no, 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 you got, you got Tourette's. No, that's not true. They just, they got something else that's causing ticks too, but they didn't have complex motor and vocal ticks. Like they would have one or the other. I love the eraser tool. Being able to use those vector lines and erase that all the way back, uh, that is a thing of beauty, and I love it so. I'm going to use it here on these waves in the sand dune, too. I'm going to draw past them. And then I'm going to come back and erase up to that line just by clicking anywhere on that old line because I have my eraser set to erase up to the next intersection. Gosh, I love this tool. That alone, it was worth switching over from any other software to hear from me. That made this so worthwhile. And then since I found out all kinds of tools I didn't even know to look for. Where is that tool on the menus? That is my eraser tool. Uh, let me shrink down here so you can see the whole thing. Um, I have to click on my, my, the end of my pen is set as my eraser. So when I turn it around backwards, I can erase with it automatically when I'm in certain tools. But to set the eraser, you got to go over here to the eraser tool and then click on it. And then down here, under vector erase and I'm working on a vector layer. That's the key point. If I was working on a raster layer, this wouldn't work, but because I'm inking on a vector layer every time, all the time, you can set it here and it will just erase the part that the eraser touches. It'll just erase through it like a regular eraser, or you can set it here to this one and it'll erase the whole line. So if I click on that line, the whole thing will disappear. No matter how long it was, it's gone. But the real juicy one is the one in the middle, the one that's just right. And that is erase up to intersection. And it's in the toolbar under eraser. And if it's not, go to your tools and let's see. I don't know where it is in here, but it's got to be in here somewhere. Because you can set all of these tools to be visible, but... Okay, it's under erase. And 
And if you go there under a race and you hold your thing over it, it'll show you the variations of what it does. And, you know, erasing the whole line, erasing up to the intersection, erasing up to the intersection is what you want. And then you can cross lines way past where you want them and then erase it and it'll go right back to that sharp point. I do that for like the tips of swords and stuff all the time. Sarah says, I have ticks from anxiety. It took me a while to work out why all these weird things would happen, but eventually I figured out it's directly tied to anxiety. I don't think any of my meds cause them, which may not be, could absolutely be anxiety as well. I just like, I noticed a bunch of kids that had ticks at, in my church groups and it turns out they all got them from their ADHD medicine, which it can cause. It's in the side effects. Whoa, 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 Sarah says. You could do vector stuff and clip absolutely, baby. What do you think I'm out here doing? You think I'm out here playing in Raster Town? Nah. Raster Town's fine for some things, you know, but man, vector is the place to be when you want cool stuff. If I want to do, you know, textures and gradients and things like that, I'll go over to Raster Town and do that stuff. But Vector Town, that's where the inking happens, baby. Because, oh, man, Sarah, where you been? Where have you been, Sarah? I got I to give props to Katie. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, Sarah, you're breaking my heart. You didn't know you can do that. Because, check it out. Um, all right. Boom. I can click on that line. I don't like that line. I like it better over here. No, I like it over here. It's it's good over here, but I want it to be this long. instant. Now... Now, that's not exactly what I want. Hold on. Let me click on it and uh, get my tool over here set to move the control points. I want this line to move like this now. It is so freaking valuable. Oh, wait a minute. Never mind. It's the it's the perfect thick. It's the perfect line. It's just where I want it. It's just too thick. So I'm going to click on that and I'm going to thin it down. Whoa, I took it too far. Hold on. I'm going to go back and I'm going to thicken it. All right. There we go. There we go. Now we're cooking with gas. Now it's in the foreground. Oh, crap. I went too far. Okay. Let me narrow it down some more. That is so freaking handy. I cannot tell you how handy that is, how much time that has saved me to draw like a really great outside of somebody's head, but it just didn't quite match up where you wanted it to oh god we're gonna have to we're, i'm gonna end up going off of this and doing a whole freaking thing on vector layers oh my god okay yeah just i'm telling you clip studio is the best absolutely for doing this kind of work uh, okay so you're limited i'm crippled too i i need a wheelchair sometimes it doesn't stop me from doing amazing things you just, you know, need to get the right tools, whether that be wheelchair, crutches, or clip studio to help you fly, baby. That's all it is. Um, all right. Let me come over here. I'm using the wrong mouse because I'm working two computers because Uncle Fishy's a baller. That's what the people on the street say. Okay. Now, like, let's say, let's say you're inking. Now, I made a new vector layer. Let's say you're inking somebody's head and my computer just moved on me. That's no good. You're inking somebody's head and you get this really good line and then you come up from the other side and you get, that's not a perfect line, but oh, it was so close, but it doesn't match. This saves me so much time just being able to grab that line and move it down to where I need it to be. 
and then I can come in if I need to and adjust those and make that line up right. That is so freaking handy. Well, and to her credit, she may not do a lot of vector stuff in there because, I mean, she's an amazing paint artist and paint does lend itself more to raster layers than vector layers. But as an inker and a former graphic designer that had to make vector graphics for T-shirts and embroidery on hats and cutting out vinyl lettering to put on cars, like I'm, my home is vector layers to start with. And now that I can do amazing realistic drawing and have it oh the tools of vector it's freaking amazing oh and that's nothing the amount of control you have over your lines is amazing um i don't know if you can see but right down here in the toolbar for my tool that i have selected um, I've added a couple of extra tools and you can go into settings for the tools and click on like correction and add the things that you want to be able to see in the toolbar. Like I wanted to be able to see post correction. I wanted to see stabilization modes and how much I'm stabilizing my line. So I can like really up my stabilization and it'll really smooth out my lines or I can drop it and do that post correction like with no post correction at all like that is about as smooth a curve as my ticky hands and damaged wrists and stuff from all my falls can get me but you turn on just enough post-correction and it'll help smooth some of that out you can turn on more and get even smoother lines but it can make it hard with some of them it can give you wonky wonky physics there at the end and geometry at the end sometimes when you do sharp turns when it gets too high but i do love being able to turn it all the way up and then draw a line and it'll snap it to a nearly perfectly straight line every time um you can do curves with it all the way up but i love it for like roughing in rooms and furniture and things like that or machinery and i know my lines will be straight and if i don't like the way it came out it's a vector line so i can always come back and edit it I can come back and say, okay, these lines on the bottom need to be thicker because they're underneath and have shadow. And these lines on the top need to be lighter. And this one particularly lighter because they're on the top and they're highlighted. It is so, the post-correction stuff is so flipping handy that I just, I play with that all day while I'm working and it makes such a huge difference in my lines like i can go from drawing really beautiful faces and curvy hair to suddenly drawing pipes and machinery and straight lines and bookcases and things um like i said katie doesn't use it a lot for 
coloring and painting, which, you know, it's not the best for. Like trying to use an airbrush in vector is kind of tough because it's trying to remember everywhere it's sprayed this along a path and it just it doesn't get as smooth of results it's it's way clunkier you can do it but it's way clunkier it doesn't work right sarah says yes i'm all about the vector stuff she's all about the vector that's so cool i guess i need bike clip i guess either do or do not there is no gas baby that's what funky yoda says <laughs> oh my god Oh my god, I need to do a funky Yoda meme. That'd be so funny. Look here, sugar baby. <laughs> it's do or do not, dig. Funky Yoda spoken. Oh my god, I love that so much. Funky Yoda. Um, all right. I'm gonna delete that layer because oh I, no, I, I duplicated it. Don't fish you. Oh my goodness, V. V. Vectors. V. I'm sorry, I messed up your name. V. My lovely ray of sunshine. Uh, there's two different types of ways that computers work on graphics, okay? Uh, one is a raster layer, and it's basically, it's a large bitmap. It's like a large grid with really tiny pixels, depending on how re high resolution it is. And each pixel is a color, and if you zoom way into it, you're going to see that grid pattern. And like, you know, that's when you zoom way into something, that's why it gets blurry and gets pixelated because it's actual pixels that are making up each little spot for a vector image. It's a mathematical way of remembering an image. So when I draw a line with my pen, the vector layer remembers, okay, that line went from this point to this point to this point to this point to this point. It was thinner here, got thicker and thicker here, and then started to thin out, and it's kind of curved here. It remembers that as a mathematical curve, and then it layers a texture on it, whatever texture I've told it to for my brush. And then the more I zoom in on that vector layer, it will never go out of focus. It'll always be a mathematical line that's telling me, like, this is where that curve is. And... For things like, for things like cutting out stencils for screen printing, or cutting out vinyl in a Cricut, or for putting vinyl on a storefront window, or for embroidery and all that, it's remembering the actual mathematical paths for the outside of the lettering, the outside of the outline, the outside of the lightning bolt, or whatever, and the computers can use that to say okay either i need to in my vinyl cutter it'll say okay i need to cut from here to here to here to here to here to here to cut out this m or in the embroidery machine it'll figure okay everything within this path of this m is going to be red so we're going to use this pattern to sew that in you know it's it works great for when you have to send this information to computers anything other than a basic printer is going to need a vector file, which is why so many of us that work in worked in graphics for years had to learn how to use vector-based programs like CorelDRAW or Illustrator so that we could put out mathematical files that the computers could realize so that they can print your t-shirts and embroider your hats and put vinyl and vinyl lettering on your cars and whatnot. Uh, it was a pain in the butt to me when I had to learn it in college, but it was my bread and butter for 
20 years as a freelance graphic designer. Um, and I do all of my inking almost primarily, unless I click on the wrong layer, uh, on a vector layer, because that allows me to do things like come in and say, oh, wait a minute, I don't like the shape of his glasses, so I'm going to move that around and change it. Or I could come in and say, you know, his glasses are too thin, so I'm going to thicken up that line, which I don't really want to do. But um, it lets me go in every single line on here, unless, like I said, I was, it's remembering it all as a mathematical pattern, and it is applying these little brush textures that give it this rough sketchy brush texture and it remembers okay there's very little pressure here and here so it's small and then it got really thick pressure right here and you know this one got thicker and steady as it came down here but this line stayed nice and light it is it is so great for being able to go back and fix things if you make a mistake you know or you might have drawn the perfect head shape but the line was too thin or too thick. I don't have to worry about screwing that up by trying to put another line over it to thicken it. I can just click on that line and thicken it. If there's instances that doesn't work great, but for the most part, that works really well. Oh yeah, it is so cool. It is so helpful. It is so beneficial as an artist. Oh yeah, I learned on Corel way before Illustrator was a thing. And I absolutely hated it. And then I came to do all my stuff in it. Still, if I have to design a logo, and even like when I'm designing a logo for something for Green Zone or something, I still tend to hop over into uh, Corel Draw and just do it there because it's easier and I know all the shortcuts and stuff. And I can whip it out real easy there and then export it as something I can open up. You're very welcome. And the, also the nice thing about it is I, you can shrink or enlarge these things and they won't lose their quality. They won't lose their resolution. Like if I draw a gigantic M in an outline and vector and I shrink that down to really small, it's still remembering the, the outline of that M. So it'll be as good as the resolution is on my page, as small as I make it, you know, if I make a really small M in a raster image and try and blow it up, it's going to be a big blurry posterized mess. And there's nothing I can do about it except try and redraw it and use that as a template. But it sucks. Vector is great for inking. Uh, that, that was the thing that sold me on... Um, clip studio and like i bought my first version of clip studio on sale for like 35 bucks for the basic version and i made money off of that every day for years it was probably a year and a half two years before i upgraded to ex and the standard version has so many amazing things in it and the EX version has such few bells and whistles extra that at one point when I upgraded my computer and my son also was using Clip Studio on my license, he had the EX version on his computer. When I upgraded my computer, I just upgraded again to paint and stuck that way for like eight months, making money hand over fist, drawing people's comics. Like it's a good version 
for the cheap one. And they just did some amazing stuff in version two that they're releasing that I am absolutely going to have to go get. It is the stuff they're putting in version two is so cool. And for like 60 or 70 bucks, I can upgrade my lifetime license to version one to version two. And like, it'll use the camera and look at your hand and you can pose your hand however you want. Like what up? And it'll, the 3d models will mimic your poses. It will automatically do shading and stuff for you by, you know, using an AI to look at your line art and your coloring and to make a good estimation of like, where do you want your light source? How strong do you want it to be? And then it figures it uses AI to figure out what those shapes are that you've drawn and how to make those 3d shapes to color. And it looks pretty cool. I'm probably not going to use that because I got my own style for coloring, but that's an awesome tool. And it's got so many cool tools like align and distribute, which is something that all the other vector programs have had. You can click on these objects and like tell them to all center to each other or center to each other and space out evenly, you know, vertically. You can't do that in the old version of clip studio that I'm using because it wasn't a graphics program. It's a drawing program. But now they're realizing for some things like repetitive patterns and stuff that we might want to use in the background or gears in a giant clock or things like that, you want, might want to be able to align things. And I'm, I am so freaking going to buy that. And what I'm not doing is driving in 42 minutes and I've barely been drawing anything. We've been talking about Oak Cliff Studio. Uncle Fishy needs to get himself a sponsorship. That's what I'm hearing. That's the word on the street. Old Fee was talking to the girls at the hair salon, and they said, Oh, Fish needs to get himself a Clip Studio sponsorship. Fee said, I'll pass that on. So she told Katie, Katie told Sarah, Sarah told Lori. Then Lori slept all day and forgot to tell me. Silly Lori. Doing so much, she dropped the ball on my Clip Studio sponsorship. I'm only about 10 million regular viewers away from probably getting a sponsorship, huh? That's not much. And Katie goes back and rewatches each show, what, 100 times? You bump that up to 10,000 times a day. We'll be there in no time. Don't think I don't appreciate it, Katie. Yeah, I ain't doing it for the money. God knows. And I go back to being a logo artist. And that's one bit of advice I would like to pass on to anybody out there that's considering making a living off of their art in any way, shape, or form. Your personal satisfaction needs to enter into the equation. How happy you are at the end of the day is not nothing and it's not something that should be overlooked and it's not something that should be ignored in favor of profits and money per se because I have I have worked 
honestly, I've worked pretty much the majority of my adult life as a freelance artist. And the majority of that time I have been doing logo design and um, t-shirt design and things of that, that nature. And I love signs. I love t-shirt design. I, I fell in love with signs more than I ever thought I could have. When I took my first job at a sign shop, I thought I was selling out to the man. I fell in love with it. I started taking pictures of signs on vacation. Like I became a total sign nerd and I loved it. Um, nothing wrong with those jobs at all. But like when I was doing logo design full time, I would spend so much time explaining to the clients how the process works because they've never hired an artist before they've never done this before they don't know what they're doing you know i would be explaining to them how the process works when you can make revisions when you can't make revisions and after this point when i finalize the design and i've spent hours making multiple files so you will have this image in every size shape color variation orientation resolution you could ever possibly need for the rest of your life whether you want to get it painted on the side of a building you want it cut in vinyl on your car you want to get it embroidered on hats whatever a business card you've got all of the versions you will ever need for that because i believed in being a one-stop shop for the money you're paying i i spent a lot of time explaining this but every time invariably we get to the end the client's happy with it and then they go show their friend and they're like well my friend says this is too big like oh, it's gonna cost more money well why because i explained to you that if we make any more changes after this point it's gonna cost more money then it's a fight then it's an argument then they spend more money we make changes then they show it to their neighbor and their neighbor looks it over i swear to god the neighbor says blue looks too gay well we can't have it be blue then so now we got to turn around and make it red and i have to go i'm arguing with them it's going to be more money well why it's just a color because i made you a hundred files of this so that you could use for anything and now you've decided to change it again once the job was done this is going to cost more money we fight they pay i go back and change it this cycle repeats and then they get a logo that they're not happy with they're miserable and they were happy with the first one but then they listened to all their friends and they didn't accept that this is right for my company. They let it be designed by committee and now it sucks. And now they're not happy and I'm not happy. I make per day what I used to can make per hour doing logo design. I am so much happier at the end of the day. Even if I work 16 hours today, I am so much happier and more fulfilled at the end of the day. When I send these pages off to Lori and Lori's like, oh my God, fish, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. That means so much to me. I work so much longer hours. I work so much harder. It takes more time away from my family, but I'm so much happier. Now, if I could do the same job and get paid three times as much and not have to spend as much time, that would be great. Eventually, hopefully, I'll be making enough on my books that I don't have to spend 16 hours every day doing comics. But, oh my God, it is worth so much more to have the peace of mind of enjoying my work, being happy, giggling while I'm working, making silly sound effects, and doing projects that I love being able to turn down projects I don't want to do. It's an amazing feeling and that's worth something. Don't, 
shortchange it. Oh, Katie tells us Clip does monthly competitions for tutorial videos that you can get like $900 for if you win. Ooh, I need to look at that. OMG, dude, this is why I don't take client work anymore. I can't stand clients. You got to have the right clients on the right projects. And to be honest, graphic design jobs are always going to be hard, especially as a freelancer, because half of the time you're working with people that never have have never hired an artist before. But when I switched over to doing comic books all day, I'm only working with people that hire artists every day and they're down with the collaborative process and they know what they want. And nine times out of 10, if there's a problem, they can say, hey, change this specific thing, not uh, just make it cooler. Make it more awesome. More awesome doesn't tell me squat. I need to know, do you want this character taller, shorter, more muscular, fatter? Do you want her hair longer, her boobs bigger? What What is more awesome to you? I don't know. I gave you what I think awesome is. If you want something else, that's fine. I'm here to make your book the best it can be, but you got to give me specific instructions. And most of the time, I'm working with people that have experience hiring artists and can tell me what they want. Give me clear instructions, clear yes or no. 100% says V, happiness is always a factor you should take into account. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, doing this is so much better because everyone knows what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, and I do occasionally work with new people that have never done this before and I end up a little bit back in that teacher seat, but it's something that I love so it's not as frustrating as it was with logo design and when they're arguing with me with well why can't i pack a paragraph of crap into my logo because nobody's going to read it nobody can read it on the side of a car going back by at 70 miles an hour nobody's going to see it on the side of your building going by at 80 miles an hour it doesn't do you any good you need a name and phone number maybe a tagline but you know It needs to pop more. What does that even mean, Greg? Absolutely. Oh my God. Drives me nuts. Some people have no idea how to instruct the artist. It's incredibly frustrating when they give you vague descriptions, when they have something very specific in mind. Oh my God. If you know what you want, just say it. You are not going to hurt my feelings. Fact of the matter is, I think... Being on the autism spectrum helps me out a bit on this because I don't get as emotionally attached to my artwork. If you want to change something nine times out of 10, I don't care. Now, when it's a character that I do manage to get emotionally invested in, I will become stiffer and a little harder to change sometimes because I'm like, no, this is better for Steel Wolf because I love Steel Wolf like he's my own character and I might fight back a little bit more because I, yeah, but it needs to be awesome because of Steel Wolf. And I can be a little difficult sometimes then, but luckily me and Eric, the creator of Steel Wolf, see eye to eye on almost everything. But like when I really care about a character and get invested, I can get a little stiff. But the rest of the time, I don't care. We can give them rabbit ears if you want. I could care less. Make it make sense, Craig. Oh yeah, Katie, I made up a whole commission worksheet based on our frustration with previous project. Oh man, yeah. Like I had to I had to write up a contract in my later days and it had to spell out specifically when you can do corrections and that alone 
like having spelled out in the contract that this is the final point for making corrections. I will give you a finalized file on that image and then I'll give you the final files. And if you make a change after that, it'll be an extra thousand dollars. Having it in writing cleared out about half of my prospective wannabe clients right there. And which tells me they were going to make this go forever and they were going to want endless revisions and changes and they weren't going to be able to make up their mind. They want me to do a bunch of work for free to try and figure it out for them what they want. And that's, that's not cool, baby. That's not what you're paying me for. We have questions about tiny little details in a space where the client is to provide Google image reference or whatever, because they're always something specific in mind. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, to his credit, one of the, the most obsessive clients I ever had was one of the best clients to work for because like he was a map maker by trade. And so like different parts of the world and what grows there and the way the sun rises and sets and where the ocean is, all these things were vitally important to him. So he would give me maps and stuff laid out like, this is what the shoreline looks at. This is the way the building needs to be pointed and it's morning. So the sun needs to be coming up from this side and you know at one point the main character goes and buys a basket of apples well it can't just be any basket of apples because this is in eastern europe you know long after the fall of man and society has re-arisen and so it's this very specific type of apple that only grows there and it's shaped like a soda can almost okay fine he gave me these clear instructions i drew it it looks it looks weird. You might not read it as an apple right away, but that's what they look like. And, you know, it was so much more fun working with him because he gave me a whole lot of crap to work through, but he gave me very specific instructions of what he wanted. Like what percentage of this stuff needs to be medieval? What percentage of it needs to be modern tech? Uh, you know, how much of it is, is ancient tech that they dug out of the ground and reusing incorrectly all kinds of weird stuff it saves so much time if we're given a detailed description as possible to start with oh yeah there have been times that like i'm not even given a design for a character sometimes like especially side characters or villains and i have to make them up and then all of a sudden i make up something really awesome and i'm like damn i just gave that away and at the time, it was for like 60 bucks a page. <laughs> oh, God. I'm like, oh, I just gave away this awesome character that I could have used forever for 60 bucks a page. Damn. But we all got to start somewhere. And a crazy low price helped get my foot in the door. And at the time, I wasn't having to pay my bills with that price. So it was just extra money for Christmas and stuff. So it worked out. But yeah, I couldn't stay there for long. And some people regret it that I'm not still there, but I'm not. Uh, this is my full-time job. Maybe you started out at five bucks an hour at your first job. I bet you're not working that now. Not with a mortgage and kids and all of that stuff, you're not. Okay. I'm going to give my devoted three followers here. Uh, and my one mystery follower that hasn't chimed in yet. I'm going to give y'all a briefest a glimpse. Uh, 
the lettering here. Hold on a second. Which layer am I on? Okay, that's not the layer. Where is it? Oh, here it is. Okay, in this top panel. All right. Whoops, turned off the wrong light. I'm still turning off the wrong layer. Okay. So I'm going to have to move that one bubble out of the polar pangolin gator's mouth. But we can see about how much of the sky is covered up. I'm tempted to want to put something else. <laughs> I'm tempted to want to put something else in the background. Something. I'm tempted to want to put something large and scary in the background. But I kind of also feel like it might be too much. And I don't want it to be just overpacked. I don't know. Maybe some ribs or something sticking out of the sand in the very, very far background, like some very large ribs. I don't know. What do y'all think? Is it is it good as it is with the bloop of lettering? Because really, if I put anything over here, it's going to be fighting with the lettering. So, <laughs> a flying whale. I have a flying whale that I'm going to use in another story. It would be fun to put in here. Um, but really, I would be stuck putting it over, you know, over here by the fish. And I think I'm going to have to stick to something low. Something low like ribs. And maybe, oh, if I do do something like ribs, I could add them to the background in these panels and show him like walking through those ribs. And as he's traveling to where he's going. And that wouldn't be a major complicated thing to read in the background and know what it is because of the repetitive pattern of it. You'd be like, oh, that's ribs. So it wouldn't have to compete with all the dialogue in these panels. But I don't want to give too much away. Because we're getting to the point where we can't show much of nothing without giving away the whole story. Fee's on board and that's all I need. My partner in crime says it's good to go. I'm loving the way this book's coming out. I'm really proud of it. And if you want to read this short story... Gary Feldman, assistant, assistant district manager of the multiverse. You need to click on the good old www.uhstudios.com backslash back it. And you need to get over there and back it. And he got, I think 19 days it said left. Maybe something like a huge sea dragon skeleton down in the really deep areas of the game. Subnautica. I have to look that up, see what that looks like. That could be cool. But if you want to see what this is all about, if you want to find out why old Gary's in such a hurry and such a panic, and why is he digging around in his shelves and coming down with bags and amulets and such all, and why is he always running? Oh, my God. And he's just knocking people down knocking stuff everywhere knocked over little mr toad's apple cart dump books everywhere i'm here to tell you ladies and gentlemen this man's a menace 
He's a menace to the workplace. Um, if y'all want to see what's going on, if you really want to know, you need to get out the uhsstudios.com back it. Go check it out. Um, I'm going to get off of here now. Um, thank you guys for tuning in with me. I appreciate it. I appreciate you keeping old man company on a, what is today? Thursday morning. As I draw and do a little inking and whatnot. Thank you guys. And I got some really cool ideas for some cool tips coming up that especially Sarah, you're going to want to pay attention to because you're going to want to get clip studio. And I'm going to show you some really, I'm going to show you the tips and tricks to how I did all these bookcases so fast. And not that it was super fast, but oh my God, was it so much faster? Like, and they're consistent from one scene to the next. And the same things are on the same shelves on the same side of the room. And, you know, and like the bookshelf she's sitting on has a stack of books and two boxes and files and come down over here and, oh, wait, what's that? Stack of books and boxes. And it's, yeah, because it's the same shelf. And it's awesome. So. Anyway, thanks for another fun show, fish. I've been sick, so it's nice to have extra company. I'm glad to cheer you up on your sick days. I'm sorry that you're feeling puny, but I hope I helped lighten it up a little bit with some goofy stories and some Flip Studio tips and tricks. Seal the deal by telling me about vectors. There you go. See, Uncle Fishy's got good tips. You just need to tune in and watch, folks. That's what Sarah says. Bye, Uncle Fishy. Bye, B. I will see you tomorrow. Uh, let me get back over to graphics. Do -do 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 -do. Uh, love you guys. See you tomorrow on Five Star Fridays and see you again Tuesday morning on School of Fish. <laughs>